You're listening to the Podcast Detroit Network. Visit www.podcastdetroit.com for more information. You're listening to Inside Real Estate, your source for all things mortgage and real estate related. The show that brings you all the hottest topics and insights directly from those who know it most. Now sit back and enjoy the show. Our topic's hot. I was wondering the same thing. It's hilarious. I think the hottest topics. What's up, everyone? Everyone's talking about it. <laughs> Paul Poslock is Brad Weisgerber's Gerber, uh, Salvatore Cusbano. We are Inside Real Estate. Thank you all for tuning in and uh, on your podcast app or live on Facebook. Or Burke. Man, Facebook. I, man. All right. Here we go. Can we, try, can we start over? Is that possible? <laughs> You know, we don't do any editing on this, so a lot of people that do podcasts will like edit it, you know, edit it out. But no, this is what you get. What, what we are is what we get. Anyways, we have a really special guest. Stacy Taylor is in the house. How are you doing, Stacy? I'm great. Thank you. She uh, she hails from uh, Quest Realty. She's been on the show before, so uh, you weren't at Quest before, and, and you went over to Quest. So Correct. I like Quest. I think you did the right thing. I do, too. Yeah, they're, yes, they're a awesome. great group over there. So today we are going to uh, talk about – let's see here. You gave me a list of things. Uh, they're really good, actually. Um, so, oh, you were on HGTV. Yes. Oh, that's right. That yeah. was a big deal. So we'll talk yeah. about that. Uh, things that annoy you. Um, dis- I don't know if we can talk about all of those. I'm yeah, not we, sure. can. Okay. we can. Yeah. We can talk about anything. Discount okay. brokers. I think that, that's, a, that's a great topic. And then the recession, what's happening with that. And then also uh, you attended Lab Code Agents. Uh, you had a day event there that you spoke at. Correct. Yeah, that was just on Monday. So That's it, awesome. It's been a big week. There, so for those of you that don't know, don't know Lab Code Agents, it's like a Facebook group, right? That's, it was built. It's massive now, right? Yeah, I think 102,000 members. Yeah, wow. it's a great group. It's all across the country, and it's cool that you talk, you, you spoke in front of them. What is it? It's a Facebook group. No, but what's it called? Lab Code Agents. Oh, okay. I'm not sure how they came up with that name. You, you know, I, I think it's like they consider it the science behind real right. estate, Got essentially. Um, and ironically, one of the co-founders moved two doors down from me oh, last get out summer. Of here. Yeah, and that's an odd thing. Did it's you sell them the group nationally? And they're, no, they're I, from did, I did not. No, the other co-founder is out of California. But um, you know, Nick Baldwin, who is heading up the Keller Williams and Clarkston, yeah. moved two doors down from me last summer. That's awesome. So that's kind of interesting. So yeah. let's, let's just go in. There. How was that experience? What did you What did you do there? Um, it was awesome. I was on the um, they called it a mega agent panel, and um, I was the only solo agent, so I felt kind of like a slacker, you know, like like a poser. Like they were going to say, you know, what? get out of your chair, you're done. Yeah. Um, you know, everyone's like, well, I have this team of thirty, and we do this, and you know, they get to me, and I'm like, well, I'm a one man band, yeah. you know, this is what I do. Um, but you know, they they asked about my year, and like to date, I've got um with what will close this month. About fifty-five transactions, about twelve point five million. That's a lot so, for a solo agent. Yeah, That's yeah. A lot. So I mean, you know, it was it was good, but um, it was kind of funny. They started. Some of the people were talking about all of the different um, tech that they use. Um, you know, they use this for their back end. They use that. And you know, I'm sitting here like, well, I got these sticky notes over here, <laughs> <laughs> um, right. which is actually one great thing about switching to Quest. You know, Ali is free sticky notes. No, no, I, no. I, Ali's, it's like Ali's a paperless good. office. He you gets, can't yeah. find a paperclip or a stapler in there. I like um, that. He is he's yeah. a tech guru. Yeah, um, so he loves awesome. his tech. I like the people in our office who are like printing stuff out and looking at it. I'm Highlighting That's me. Stuff. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Like, Bro, you have like seven screens. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we give you every opportunity not to print paper. Right? Yeah. Um, so that's awesome. So so you talked to the group, obviously. That went well. It did, yeah. I mean, throughout the day, they had a lot of national speakers, which um, – so it was kind of neat. I got to sit in with them. Um, I mean, like some pretty big names yeah. you know, in the industry. 
And then this, it wrapped up with the mega agent panel. Yeah. Yeah. And what was your topic? What did you talk about? Um, we just talked about our business, you know, where, like, how we got started. Um, you know, for the teams, they talked a lot about how do they run the team? How do they delegate um, the tech that they use? Um, one interesting topic was, like, one of our biggest failures. Yeah. Um, to talk about that, what did we learn from it? Yeah. Um, so that was pretty interesting. That's awesome. So, obviously, yeah, yeah you, you, you did, last time you were on the show, you weren't at Quest. Correct. And I know I had talked to Ali before, and he was, he was, he, he was really, he wanted you for so long, and he was like, like basically knocking your door down to get you over to his team, right? <laughs> well, you know, I'm, I became pretty good friends with Matt Bernie. Oh, yeah, um, Bernie's you know, a who's great his agent. number yeah. one agent He's there. He's a great agent. And, you know, he kept saying, when are you going to come on over? You know, come over to the green side. You yeah. know, life is better here. And, you know, so finally I did. Yeah. You know, a lot of times I, I worry about that because in, in life in general, a lot of times everybody's looking for the other thing to right. go to, right? And like, oh, the grass is green. Or the gr-. And a lot of times it's not, right? right? So you really have to the, you have to really take your time. I've never been one to like jump from place to place because I believe you can make anything successful. Right. But so what, what were the reasons that you made the switch? Well, I had only been with Coldwell Banker before, so it was I don't like change. Yeah. I you know, I just I do not like it. And you know, I, I dragged my feet for about a year before I finally um took the jump. And you know, I had a couple of slow months and I thought, you know what, I'm there's there's lead generation there, you know, I'm gonna move on over. And so when I finally did it, I had the, one of the best months I'd ever had. As I was trying to switch, um, you know, I, I ended up with like I think six or seven listings in a month. Yeah. So here I had no signs, no business cards, you know, nothing. And these people that for a year had been thinking about listing, they all called within a week. Yeah. And you know, so it, it was just chaos. Um, you know, and I kept telling Ali, this is not the amount of business I normally do. This is atypical, um, right? Yeah. yeah it, it was absolute chaos. Like I don't think I caught my breath until June. Um, but I mean, it, you know, at Caldwell Banker, I I did. It's a great company. It's a great place to go um, for new agents. But I felt they're a couple of years behind the curve a little bit, you know, with yeah. tech. Um, you know, it's it, it's just it's an older franchise, and you know, I feel like everything that they would you know um, they would reveal as like the newest tech. Other people have had for a couple of years, yeah. and I just felt I couldn't grow anymore there. Yeah, you know, at the end of the day. Yeah, it's it, you know, it's it's interesting. Yeah, no offense to any Caldwell banker. No, agents, not at all, because it is it, a good place. But it just sounds stuffy. Yes. So we you were. Know, yeah. it, that's it a does. great way to call Caldwell banker. It's a it just picture like old yeah. white, bankers, like white wigs and like <laughs> yep. wooden teeth. Yep. You know, <laughs> like that's just what it sounds wooden like. Teeth. Doesn't really it to old. a degree? Like no, I think it's a great description. Here. Well, yeah. <laughs> we had um, an office meeting last month at <clears throat> Quest, and I don't know who said if it was Ali or someone else, but you know, someone's like, "Bro, did you take my Red Bull?" And I was like, that is a sentence that has never came up in four <laughs> years of office meetings. Did you take my Red Bull? Like, excuse me, sir. Have you took seen my, my Red Bull? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, look, there's a lot of these older, you know, uh, brokerages that, you know, haven't really evolved as quickly as they probably should have, right? They're mm-hmm. just kind of like, you know, because you know, it's a business where you've got a new guard kind of coming up and, and kind of changing yeah. things like you've got like Adobe, you've got Quest, you've got these companies that are coming out and kind of changing the way that they're doing business and kind of being more nimble and right. having the ability to do different things where a lot of these large uh, older brokerages it takes a long time and they're head up by people that are a little bit older in the generations right. and they they don't really they're not they're like wait it's worked for all these years why would i do all this other stuff now right right so it's it's got to be interesting when you walk into that environment it must be a totally different environment over there it it is and you know one really 
interesting fact. Like, I'm the oldest person at Quest. Yeah. And I don't like that. I mean, it's, you know, and I'm, I'm the oldest person by probably quite a bit. So I kind of feel a little bit like a den mother, you know. Um, you, know <laughs> you probably need that, though. Um, you know, but it's it's really invigorating. And, you know, it's um, it, just the culture. Like, everyone is anxious to help each other. You know, if someone needs something, you know, to cover – There'll be two or three agents that will say, I can go show that for you. You know, how can I help? And I've never had that kind of collaboration. You know, like everyone truly wants everyone to succeed there, Yeah, which is cool. It's interesting when you go to an office and there's activity. Right. Right. Sometimes you walk into an office. We've done this before, Sal. Crickets. And you walk (laughs) in and it's like, "Um, so where is everybody? They've got 200 agents that work out of that office Mm -hmm. and there's like five of them there. It's interesting. they're all quiet. And they're and you walk in, it's it's like a library. Yeah, you know, it's like nobody's. There's no collaboration. Right. And then you walk into an office like Ali's or some of these other new ones, and it's like buzzing. Yeah, right. And mm-hmm. it's a total. And when you're in that environment, Sal, it's kind of hard not to try to be successful if there are people right. around you. If, if there's activity. Well, I think around how easy here. it is to stagnate. You know, working at like a Caldwell Banker or whatever, where you're like, hey, maybe you got a little bit of a higher split or something like that. But you come in and it's like oh, sucks I the energy out. Put of Put my three right. deals up for the month. Of, do okay and right. you know i can go do whatever i want versus going in somewhere where it's like yeah i just put up three today right and you're like exactly man i gotta i gotta match him i gotta do that yeah you know? yeah so. no, for sure so obviously since the last time you were on the show you're on hgtv <clears throat> i believe that our show probably catapulted you to no, yes. I'm I'm joking. no nobody listens <laughs> to i know we talked about it last time yeah we, we did we, hinted we, we couldn't really talk about it so right. tell, tell us about that experience because that's interesting because I mean, you you watch what show was it that you're on? Um, Lakefront Bargain Hunt. Lakefront Bargain Hunt, and then you watch these shows, and it's like, well, how much of it is real, and right. how much how much of it is staged, and is it just like bullshit? Can you talk about this? I, I can talk about some of it. Okay. Um, so when I came here in January, I had already filmed it, um, but I couldn't talk about it. Right. You know, very specific. So we had nothing and, to do with it. Right. So yeah. yeah, I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> you had nothing to do with it at all. Um, so they had reached out to me in like March of 2018 and they had contacted hundreds of agents in the area. Um, I think primarily from Zillow. Yeah. And, you know, they asked if I had anyone that fit the show's criteria, um, which was lakefront under 400,000. And I said, well, no, I, I don't have any buyers looking right now. And they said, well, it doesn't have to be lakefront. And I was like, oh, okay. Isn't you know? it called lakefront? It is. Okay. The technicality there. Uh, yeah. <laughs> um, was so it I like had, they show in the memes, like your clients, like one of them colored? A butterfly collector. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh, man. Um, no. So what was really portrayed <laughs> was really, truly my clients. I mean, okay. none, none of that yeah. was, was fake at all. Um, so I had a couple sets of clients that I nominated. And um, one didn't make it past like the paper that they submitted. Yeah. And then the other two sets kept making it a little bit further. And then at the same time, though, I was going through like Skype interviews, um, just all kinds of questionnaires. Just when I think I was done, then they asked for more. Yeah. And it was kind of funny because I didn't even know how to do, how to Skype. I had to have my <laughs> my daughter help me. And you know, so you know, we did a couple practice runs. Um, so they ended up really liking one of my clients that um, they were newlyweds, um, younger, and um, they represented diversity. She is Hispanic and he's Chinese, and they said. So much of HGTV is white, middle-class America, yeah. which is true. Yeah, middle yeah. age, middle-class. Yeah. And so they just love them. Um, and it didn't hurt. that I mean, She's absolutely beautiful. She yeah. it, She's a hairstylist. She has a YouTube-style channel. So she was a natural. Oh. Um, but anyway, so long story short, for four months we went through, like, you know, the, they would eliminate more and more people. 
and we found out um, 4th of July weekend we were picked. Wow. So it filmed in September of 2018, but it didn't air until June Got of it. 2019. That's a really long time for a buyer. To yeah, what happens if they just not, oh, okay. Were they holding out? Oh, no, no. To they, see? they did go ahead and complete the transaction oh. you know, prior to that. Yeah. Oh, okay. yeah. Oh, got it. Yeah. Um, so it's almost like back in time? Yeah, when kind it shoots of, it. yeah, and you know, so we, we did look at we looked at three houses, but they looked at many more, you know, right. prior to that. But um, we did look at three houses, um, some on the lake, you know, some not, and where they ended up buying was actually across the street from the lake. Okay, that's so. interesting. So, so for you as a, as a real estate agent, what did that show do other than you know, obviously it gave you some notoriety, right? Right. Um, you know, I haven't done a lot of advertising yet with it. Um, you know, I, I need to do that, but mm-hmm. I've been, it's been a great summer, yeah. you know, so I really haven't had time to do anything yet with it. Um, I did have a, like a private viewing party at a local um, bar and restaurant where we actually filmed a little bit of the show. Um, so we, that was kind of fun. You know, I invited like 70 past clients and, mm-hmm. you know, so we, we did that. Um, but I haven't. It hasn't really helped my career yet. Right. Well, um, your career is fine. Yeah. You know. I mean, yeah. you, you you're on the show because you you probably have a good career. It's not right. like they put <laughs> shitty agents on there, right? So, <laughs> I thought you were talking about this show. Oh no, no. Our show <laughs> you're on this show because <laughs> our you show have a does not matter. Our show does not matter at all. Um, um. So that's. So you said you're having a good summer. So what do you attribute that to? Because obviously, when we talked to you, you were doing well. I mean, you're always doing well. You're utilizing your sphere. Uh, you've always, you know, you, you've always been trucking along, but it sounds like now that you've kind of like kind of put the afterburners on. So talk to me about what you think is going on. You know, I really think it, it's just, you know, being in the business a little bit longer. I didn't really, you know, get into this until 2015. You know, that was the first year I actually sold, you know, as like an income job. Um, in 2015, which is not a long time in real estate, years. right? Yeah. Right. Um, it's not like dog years. No. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, I think I did about like 2.3 million in 2015, and then 2016 I did about six and a half, um, and then I just doubled it from there. Yeah. Um, but like this year, I, I just I really think you know I'm working my spear a little more. Um, I'm advertising more on <clears throat> on Facebook. Um. You know, and definitely I think that I was invigorated with the move to Quest. That happened. You know, like I, yeah. I kind of felt this need, you know, to, to step it up a little bit, you know, to, to be worth, the, you know, the hype of, of coming on there. Right. So you had to kind of like back it up, right? Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. You know, trying to beat Matt Bernie like one month, just you know, one month, let me beat him. Yeah, Matt's <laughs> Sometimes <awesome. laughs> it's funny how, you know, you get an opportunity and like you don't necessarily know like how much of an opportunity it is, right? When you right. step in there, you're like, Oh shit! Like these guys are like this is these the guys real are deal. serious. Yeah. yeah, like I remember getting this job, and it was like everyone there was making like 150 grand, and I just came from a place making like 18,000. Mm-hmm. You know, and I yeah. was like, "Whoa, yeah. like, these guys don't fuck Whoa. around." And I have not that that's you know the, right. but I was like, I have no idea what I'm doing. Like you got to like pick it up. You know, step it up and figure out like what you got to do to get to that level of everyone else. If yeah, I would tell you that anybody that's in any situation where they feel stagnated or they feel like they're comfortable. If you're comfortable, you're probably not meeting your potential, really. Right. So, like, if you're in a team or somewhere like where you're not like putting yourself in a position where you're a little uncomfortable and around people that are really successful will make you more successful yep, for sure. Because mm-hmm. I know? mean, the potential that always exists. Right. If it's, you if you have potential, yeah. And but yeah. It, but being around the right people is so important, dude. Yeah. Like if you're around a bunch of like I mean my dad always said this, you hang around shit long enough you start smelling like it. <laughs> right? So <laughs> like if you if you man. just if you're the if you're the biggest fish in, in the pond always and you don't have to do much to be that, 
it's kind of like, okay, I just, I just exist, right? Right. Like I, I thought I saw the other day on Facebook, it was a quote like, if you're the most successful person in your group, you know, in your social group, you need a, you need group. a new group. Yeah. Exactly. Or you're the smartest in the group. It's time to change. Yeah. You know? Like, like I'm like the poorest person in my family, like, <laughs> like my group, right? So like, it's like, okay, I got to like step it up. So um, that's super true. So um, obviously you did the HGTV thing. You went over to Quest. A lot has changed. I mean, obviously you had a great backstory. You, you, you survived the 2008, nine recession and you had that whole story go through. Right. So obviously a lot of people are talking about this new recession that's coming up and how it's going to affect everything and blah, 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 blah. Um, I know that you have your ideas on that, and I, th- I think I kind of agree. But what do you think is going to like go down? Well, I mean, I think it's, a lot of it is already here. Um, you know, I think it's that shift more to a buyer's market. You know, we're seeing more days on market um, in a lot of price points, a lot of cities where you couldn't get seller concessions. We're getting them again. Yeah. Um, you're seeing price reductions where you didn't see it before. So I think, you know, definitely historically, like we needed that cooling off a little bit. You know, prices just can't keep going or we're going to end up right back where we were before. Yeah, right. Um, you know, I, I don't think it's going to be nearly as catastrophic as it was. I right. mean, in fact, I was talking to a, a friend of mine um, that's in the business and he's like, you know, I don't even consider that a, dep- a recession. It was more like truly a depression, you know, what it we was. went through it, before. 100%. Really yeah. Yeah. Um, so, you know, I, I don't think that it's going to be that way. But, you know, what I'm seeing, though, is like this panic that's out there. Like I, I was talking to an appraiser the other day. And she's like, oh, it's coming, it's coming. That you know, I do a lot in California. You know, my my AMC does, and you know, they're doing hundred percent loans again, and people are doing you know complete cash out refis. It, it's going to happen all over again. And I'm thinking, you're part of the cause if you're you're saying yep. you're causing yeah. this panic. Yeah, you know. Yeah, I mean, it's not as prevalent. Right. Let's be honest. The hundred percent financing. Uh, mm-hmm. VA loans, USDA loans. Yeah, I mean those have always been. They've there. always right. been there, but it's not the same as it it's was, not, no, dude. Exactly. I, I I was part of the problem back in the day. I wrote a lot of. You no were in, the problem. No income, no asset <laughs> loans, right? Like, oh, I, those I, were the days. Stated income loan. I didn't know any better. I was like, right. dude, this is sweet. You I mean you don't have to tell? Like, tell me how much you make. <laughs> yeah. Like, you don't. Ha- you can make nothing and, and buy a house. If that product existed today, everyone would still write it. Well, you know, you know, yeah, back, it would. would be out. No there. one have like this moral compass to be like, no, if you oh, have this the product, is going to be bad, vehicle, right? Yeah. Like it's, it comes kind of from from the top, right? Right. And, uh, all we can do is essentially sell. You well, know, I mean, back then, I used to own a construction company with my ex husband, and we built our own house and. So I, mean, I was like 28 years old, and you guys are all probably too young to remember this, but there was a company called Chelsea Lumber. They were like the big one. Like they would do a construction loan for you. No builder's license. Mm-hmm. All you had to give was like your end loan pre-approval, and they gave you the money. So if I called by <sighs> like – I would That's call nuts. at noon, and I'd say, okay, I need a draw for 30000 They didn't ask for waivers. They didn't ask for anything. Your check was ready by 5 wow. So needless to say, we were like halfway done with our house, and we were out of money. You know, I mean, like literally out of money, um, you know, so we then you just got a new pre-approval and, you know, the, the doors opened up again. Come get your money. That's I mean, wild. it was it was crazy. Yeah. And, but it was know, normal back then. It, it was. It felt normal. Yeah. Right? And, yeah. you know, obviously none of that exists anymore for no. good reason. <laughs> no, that's what yeah. I, that that does scare me. Yeah. To be honest, yeah. if, we, if we got to a point where I could write a loan for someone who doesn't have a job and I don't ask any questions. Right. <laughs> <laughs> it's going to get kind of dicey, but we're not there. I mean, we, we, no. we do good loans nowadays. Like most of our clients are really well qualified and can afford their homes, right? Yep. Right. And yeah. now it's funny too because all the people who are doing those loans who got wiped out in the the depression, we'll call it, right? Like who were like 
big builders or whatever mm-hmm. who got wiped out. Like now when they're actually eligible again for a conventional loan, they're like, what? You need right. this, you need that, yeah. you need all this. Like, I don't understand why you need all this stuff. I, I got a million dollars in the bank. Last time like, I did a mortgage, you they didn't it. ask me any of this. Right. Yeah. <laughs> Last time you did a mortgage was a long time ago before the world actually ended. got foreclosed <laughs> yeah. on. Yeah, so. you're, you're lucky you can get money again. Yeah, we almost kind of our, crazy, our economy but, fell apart. You know, yeah. That's the way she goes. Um, so <clears throat> what annoys you? Um, discount brokerage is it's it's tough to compete with. Yeah. So I, we can talk about that. Oh yeah. Okay. Talk about you yeah. Want. All right. Yeah, it, it is. It's really tough. Um, and I feel like I'm seeing it more and more. Um, cause it's getting competitive again, right? People, it is, yeah. Well, and I like competition. Like I love to go on an appointment against other agents. Like I, I don't mind that, but it's when, you know, it's, it's like an unheard of company or an agent with no experience that will do it for, you know, four and a half percent, you know, they'll take it just one and a half percent. It's hard to make the seller understand the value proposition that I bring. Like, why am I worth this much more? Um, so I've been really kind of working on that this year, you know, to fine tune my marketing presentation so they see the value. And I think if this market continues, it will become more apparent. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, those discount brokers, they, they can't, they don't do professional photography. They don't invest in marketing. And right. I think those are going to, they'll the put a sign timers, in, your, they'll put a sign in the front door. Yeah, that's true. Right. But, yeah. That's about it. <laughs> a week after it. you listed. I think that, you know, in, in our business and your business and a lot of businesses, if, if you can explain your value mm-hmm. the best you can right. and someone doesn't understand it, you just got to move on. Like if they're yeah. like, well, can you do it for 2%? Right. No, mm-hmm. I'm sorry. I'm, I'm not the agent for you. My right. value proposition is higher than 2%. Right. <clears throat> right. Right. You know, and, and I, I try to explain if someone is that willing to devalue their own service and, you know, to, to give up their own money, like how hard are they going to fight for their seller? You know, mm-hmm. they're, they're not. They're going to encourage you to take the first offer. 100%. Um, you know, odds are they're not, they, they don't have the education, the training behind them either. You know, they're not investing in themselves. Mm-hmm. So we see this in mortgages all the time because obviously for us it's uh, rate, 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 right. rate, rate, right. And shop like the, uh, what is your rate? What is your rate? But you know, I've, I, in my career, so I started in two thousand three. I've seen a lot of discount broker, uh, um, discount lenders, lenders loan officers yeah. come and go. And what I found is, you know, there was like green light mortgage. We've got the lowest rate, and they were like ridiculous. So their margins were they were making like nothing per per transaction, but they were they were all transaction based, right? They were looking to do a lot of transactions. And they never lasted. They all went out of business. Because if you don't make a margin on what you're doing, you have no money left over to reinvest and improve what you're doing. So everyone has a shitty experience and right. then you're out of business. Not only that, if you're making, let's say, $500 for, for the file, right? But you've got 300 of them. Well, those, those, that $500 file doesn't matter. Right. You know what I mean? It, it, what, what, like they don't matter as much because they're going for volume. Mm-hmm. And look, uh, is there a place for them? Yeah, sure. I mean, it is what it is. I mean, everybody's going to make their money the way they want to make their money. But I believe that if you want actual value, that you have to provide value, and it's going to cost something. Right. It's not free. Right. If you want top tier knowledge and top tier service, you're not. Like people don't stay at the Waldorf because it's the cheapest. They stay there because it's the best experience. I've right. heard of the Waldorf. The Waldorf. <laughs> I've never heard of it. I've never, I've never stayed up. there. Has anybody yeah. stayed there? Nobody Where is it? I have. A Waldorf. Of course Waldorf, you have. Well, they're all over. It's a yeah. chain. Yeah. Oh. yeah. They're nice. They're nice places. Sal, it's like I have. Yeah. Well, <laughs> I've been there. I, I stayed there for weekend. free. Buffy. Nice. Yeah. Buffy, give me another drink, Buffy. <laughs> <laughs> so... Uh, <laughs> So you know what we're seeing right now too is, you know, the market's tightening for mm-hmm. sure. Yeah, it's getting tighter, 
And, you know, people are still think that their house is worth more than it is because they think that their neighbor just sold their house a year ago in three days for X. And I should be able to do that in three days for X. And it's not. Yeah. Oh, my God. That's the biggest problem I think I'm facing right now is seller. Everyone knows what's going on in the market except for sellers. I think, you know, they they have tunnel vision, you know, and. They, they still expect that, you know, all you need to do is put it in the MLS, put up a sign and wait and collect offers. Because my neighbor yeah. sold his house and, in yeah. 30 grand in my basement. Nobody yeah, cares. exactly. <laughs> oh, that that house, yeah. My condolences, kid, right? There's yeah. a house kitty corner for me that's been on the market for months. It is gorgeous. It, it's flawless. It's been on the house. It's been on the market for months. Price reduction after price reduction. I'm freaking yeah. out because it's. Considerably below where I bought my house for last year. Yeah, uh, it's still on the market. But it's the reality of where we're at. And that, but as a seller and or as a realtor, like how do you explain that to a seller that says my neighbor just sold their house a year ago for X in three days and and like you can't get my house sold? Right. Well, it, apparently, the first realtor for that house didn't explain it well because they got fired. It's a new new agent now. <laughs> right? Yeah, you know, and it's funny in those cases. Sometimes it's nice to be the second agent. You know, because you are going to get the more realistic price. Yeah. But um, no, it, it is difficult. And, you know, education really is just key, I think, you know, so. to, and go in and set the expectation from from that minute, you know, um, you know, talk about days on market, talk about what to expect and almost like under under promise and over deliver, I think is important. But what do you do? Because here's what happens just so the audience understands when you go to sell a house, let's say you interview three different real estate agents, right? Hey, I want to talk to three different agents. Let me see what I can get, right? One agent comes in and they're like, look, I want to sell my house for three hundred thousand. It's not worth three hundred thousand. It's two eighty. This is what's going to make it move. Blah blah blah. Then the next guy comes in and goes, yeah, it's about two nine. And then the one comes, dude, I can get three twenty, bro. I three twenty four percent all day. I'll, I'll charge you four percent. I'll get three twenty. Yep. Like we'll just put the sign in. We're good. Mm-hmm. And then all of a sudden they put the house down up for three twenty. And the worst thing you can do, in my opinion, when you go to sell a house, is have it get stale. Right. Mm-hmm. The moment well, the house gets stale, let's say it even no sells idea. at that, right? On the flip side, you got maybe a buyer's agent who also doesn't really know, right? Like they're like, okay, well, let's write right. the offer for three twenty. And we're seeing this. This is what and then yeah. like oh, someone's yeah. like, hey, do you think we'll appraise? Well, we'll, we'll, we'll worry find about that out. later. Yeah, yeah, we'll see. But we'll cross these bridge people always because yeah. oh. I mean, listen, someone's putting fifty percent mm-hmm. down. Okay, we'll cross that bridge. Right. But like, I got people who are like putting three percent down with concessions, though. and it's <laughs> like we'll cross that bridge. Like the bridge will be blown up. Yeah, we so, this comes we in crossing five grand light. So Come just because you get a house under contract, people, doesn't mean the house is actually going to close at that. So what happens is the house, let's say, gets under contract for 320 But the house, the market really only dictates that the house is worth 300 or 290 well, that appraisal is going to come in at two ninety or three hundred. Set the expectation of you didn't have that conversation of hey, no, this could come in. And low, you know let's what happens? Have a plan. You know what happens? You end up having to either come down or not sell the house. Everyone's time, right? So you end up coming down to where you should have sold in the first place, and then and you would have saved yourself a lot of heartache if you just did it right the first time. Right. Right. I don't understand putting all that work into something to just have a ninety percent failure rate or seventy percent, fifty percent failure rate. People, why are, would you work so hard? To, people to are greedy. Do, it doesn't make sense. Greed. It's greed. It's so much Look, waste. A lot of people just want the most money they can out of their house. Right. Right. I don't. I mean, I don't blame them. Right. Right. But at the same time, like if you got two people, professionals, telling you no, that's not happening. Listen to your counsel. Oh, for sure. But but they don't. They they see the dollar signs and nothing further. Mm-hmm. I, I just went on an appointment last night at eight o'clock. And they had it listed uh, about thirty thousand too high. Um, they did withdraw the listing. They're interviewing four agents, in- yeah. including myself. And 
you know, right away the first question was commission. And I said, it's 6%. Yeah. You know, I said, I'm worth it, yeah. you know. And they're like, well, what are you going to do that the other agents don't do? And I said, sell your house, you know. Like, <laughs> Obviously, first, first, first yeah. I'm going to be honest with you. Right. I, I, I'm not going to put. I'm six percent. Yeah, honestly. And you know, so you know, we went through the numbers, and you know, I had sold a couple in that same neighborhood, so we went through that. I explained, you know, the next challenge that we would have, even at the the price that they were hoping for, is is appraisal. I said it, it's not going to appraise. And I could just tell by then, I like they weren't even really listening. They were just mm. they were calculating the difference in what they and thought they rough. were going to get to what I was telling them. Mm, yeah, you know? dude, so. and, and you know what? What people? Well, how do you how do you follow up with them? At, like you know that they just weren't paying attention. I know. What do, do you do? A follow up? Do you? I do. You know, you like I mean, I'll mail out a card today. You know, I when I got home, I sent them both an email. Um, you know, thank them for their time. With more statistics, I gave a couple more graphs of you know days on market, some averages. Um, and th- but that's all you can do. You know, at the end of the day, if they can't be reasonable, I don't need them as a client either. Mm. They take too much time sure. and resources. Yeah. Well, and sometimes it's like fighting an uphill battle the whole yeah. time. And what's Chris tells them on that, right? Or like, hey, li- listen, I don't think this loan's going to close. I can't do it for you. Right. And then two months later, you see on Facebook they closed or something. You're like, damn it. But do you want to deal with all that stress right. to, you know? Yeah, I mean, you know, and I think the biggest issue right now, like once you get past that accepted offer, it, it's the appraisals, you know, yeah. and I don't know mm-hmm. if you guys feel that just as as much, but I mean, we're holding our breath right now. A lot um, of people are, yeah, because yeah. the market has changed. Dude, you know, here's the difference. It's a lot harder, like I always tell my, my clients this when, when they'd say, well, this person said that, right? I go, look, dude, it's a lot harder for me to tell you the truth than to <laughs> tell you what you want to hear. Right. Yeah. I, I probably would get more sales if I just told people what they wanted to hear, but they, that's not the right way to do business. Yeah. It's a lot harder for me to tell you, hey, well, everyone has to wrong. work together, right? Yeah. Like, and of course, we have this obscure, like, stranger who no one knows until they come out to do the appraisal, right. do it, and sometimes they are wrong, right? Right. But like at that point, then it's like a back on us to call the listing agent or something. Hey, do you have comps? Because right. I can battle this, and they're like, well, I got these like pendings, <laughs> got these like, listings. Yeah, they, I got these <laughs> listings. I'm like, well, dude, like. Do you know how it works? Yeah, because that's not how it works. Just so everybody understands, when you when you go to get an appraisal, it is based on actual sales of similar homes. That's what's tough. They look in, in the in past, area. right? Yeah. Listings can play a small role, but it's it's got to be. It's more for support, though. Yeah, support. It's for that's support of, of, of market support trends. Of market trends. Yes. Yeah. So yeah. so so if the house hasn't actually sold yet, it's not really a comparable. And and it can't say, oh, well, they're closing next Friday. Well, we already did your appraisal. I can't. Based something on the future, right? Yeah. Like it's got to be closed when we do the appraisal. And look, the appraisal uh, process is kind of under attack too right now. Um, there's a it's big, always been under attack, but it, there's a big push. Nobody right likes now. hearing the truth. <laughs> no, no, no. But there's a big push right now, from, even from Fannie, from Freddie, to kind of eliminate the appraisal process yep. to become a more automated type process where they can just use algorithms to figure out what the house is worth. Which makes sense to a degree for for a human because. It's very subjective. And when right. you take the subjectivity out of it and just say, well, this is what it is based on this model, this computer, every, it's like this every time, it, it, it's a little easier to take. Well, I mean, I have a perfect example. I have a buyer under contract and the house is a buy level. So, you know, where you walk in and yeah. it's up or down five stairs. It's an FHA loan. And the upper stairs have a rail. The bottom stairs don't. So it's it's more than the, the height requirement that you need, but it has like a half wall where you kind of could hold on to it. So I asked two appraiser friends of mine, will you require a handrail? One said, absolutely. And the other one said, oh, my gosh, no. 
and they're all both opinion. FHA appraisals. It's, all, it's yeah. opinion, and then there, there's a there's 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 a little bit of. It's hard because the appraisal process is not a science. Right. right. It is. It is like a, a human looking at it and saying this, and the other human might say something do- totally different. Well, I think again there is a science to it, but it's the interpretation. It's just yeah. like a lender. Yeah. Right. Yeah. yeah well, yeah. we'll do that. Well, we well, won't. Right. But they're looking at the same guideline. Mm-hmm. It's yeah. just their interpretation. Is it a hazard? No, he can grab onto the wall. Right. No, it is a hazard. I mean, it's a stair with more than three stairs. It needs to have a handrail. Yeah. Mm-hmm. They'll they'll look. So one person will look at it like as an adult, like you just grab the wall. The other person will say, "Well, if there's a an eight year old, they'll fall over that half wall." Right. right. So <laughs> it's all about their perspective. So do you think? It, 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 you, are, so automated? I would have said yes for a handrail. Yeah, and we're you always go listen, and that's <laughs> like always go that's kind of mm-hmm. arbitrary, right? right. Like uh, a man, the the issues are the way that people come up with adjustments and how they choose their comps, and like, right? I mean, it's crazy when you have a deal and it comes in at like two twenty on a two seventy sales price, right? And then mm-hmm. it's like, all right, let's order another appraisal, and it comes in at two ninety. Yeah, <laughs> it's crazy. You know, had some of those. it happens. Yeah. It happens a lot. You it know, happens. and I mean. Sometimes, like I've I've rebutted two hundred fifty grand on wow. a nine hundred fifty thousand dollar house. Got it. Got, got it. it. Yeah, that was got crazy. it. That was That's crazy. Awesome. Yeah, that I was a not big win. Yeah. But yeah. it's like, hey, you didn't do it like this. You didn't do it by the book. Like, what are you comparing? How are, how can you even justify using these comps? And right. he had his method. So would right? you would you rather have automated appraisals as opposed to having a human look at them? I think like a, a degree of both. And right now, like we're seeing that a lot. People putting 10, 20% down, it's like, well, and it is crazy because a lot of people are overpaying for houses too, mm-hmm. right? Like sometimes it's like we get a waiver and they're like, no, 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 we went like 10 grand over to get this house. We don't think it's worth it. We want an appraisal, mm-hmm. right? So everybody knows. You, you, and then they get it cheaper. There are times when you run something through Fannie or Freddie and it, it'll literally say on a purchase transaction, you don't have to do an appraisal. Which you know was a lot more rare, but it's becoming more prevalent now. But here's the issue: Let's say you buy your house, like you buy your house at the top of the market, and you put ten percent down or twenty percent down, and then all of a sudden you know it drops, and you don't, and you lose that equity, and that appraised value that yeah, you it hurts that you originally used wasn't a yeah I know we all did have it. we're all in that boat, but that appraised value that you used wasn't the actual appraised value you overpaid for your house, and the appraised value was higher than it should have been. It's just such a slippery slope. Yeah, right. You know. How often are you seeing that in your loans where probably, the appraisals are waived? If they're putting 20% down, probably 10%. 20%. Yeah, 10, yeah. 20, oh, wow. 10, yeah, I've had, I think, three last, this year. Yeah. Last month, I had like six. Yeah. It's crazy. It's it weird. depends on the borrower too, which is right. kind of fucked up. I mean, <laughs> you know, think about it. It's like it's the same house. Right. Whether they're putting down 0% or they're putting down 50%, like – yeah, they'll that's take how they're valued. They'll take credit they're scores into well, account. Yeah. Yeah. Well, not just credit scores, history with the trend. Well, and they're, they're basically saying in their head, if shit hits a fan, we're covered. They right. put 20% down, our loan's good, yeah. right? We need a massive downturn. So they're predicting the future and I think like in to a degree what, what could happen and what's that threshold of uh, value loss where Fannie's covered. Well, it's yeah. not that's just, all they care about is it's is not it? just the the down payment because uh, two years ago now uh, the, they were started requiring this trended data on their credit reports where it, Fannie Mae and Freddie Mac will actually read your whole credit history trade line by trade line like all the data of of what's going on with all of your credit history. So 
they, they look at do you make overpayments? Do you pay on time? Do you pay early? Right. You, well, I think that's stuff, part right? of it, yeah. right? But with that being said, like you're not going to get an appraisal waiver with 3%. Down, oh, no, absolutely not. Right. No. Yeah. yeah. And it's a combination of yeah, And with the refis, they're so common because, I mean, think about it. It's like, well, they already owe that much. Right. Or lowering you know? the rate. Yeah. So they're, yeah. they're a lot more prevalent on the refinances. I, I have a seller right now and they, they have an unrealistic um, view of their price. And of course, the appraisal came in low. And they, so then they said, well, we just refinanced in December and it came in at, at this price. And I said, you know what? Let me, this is the first I'm hearing about this, but let me see that appraisal refi. So it was a tri level. The appraisal had um, colonials. Four or five miles away in Waterford, where you know you don't need to go more than a street or two to get your comps. But they, yeah, there was not a single one that was like a buy or tri level. They used colonials, and so they're not crazy the same difference. No, yeah. I'm like, how did this even go through? No, it had. No. But now that's what they expect is that price, and it's, it's we're weird. not going to come close to that. It's funky, right? There's a lot yeah. of funkiness with that. So to answer your question, I would rather prefer uh, the automated appraisal. You would, yeah, because you're you're going to instantly know. Right. When you take that application, we're good. Eliminate the week or two weeks of, of well, that think biting your be, nails. Yeah. You're good. That part even of if it great. wasn't automated, like we, we talked about this before, imagine if uh, a seller could have, like, let's say lenders accepted this appraisal, right? Like it was implemented lender. where it's a universal appraisal. Every mm-hmm. lender can accept this through Fannie or Freddie. An appraiser comes out before they even list their home and gives them two values, right? Right. Or two appraisers come out. Well, then – you know, all right, pick the one you want to use and let's go with that, right? And then, hey, the, we get an offer and we get multiple offers. Someone just has to guarantee that above amount. Right. But you, there'd be no fallout. There'd be no Price domino effect. Yeah. I mean, think of all these contingent offers where it's like, well, the buyer of this buyer's the, this buyer's house is, is doing this <laughs> and then it all explodes, you right. know? Yeah. Those are the worst. One transaction is never one transaction. It's like five. It'd be too easy, but it won't happen. No. Yeah. No, I yeah. don't think Zillow appraisals. Yeah, <laughs> fuck that. Yeah, let's. let's <laughs> sorry, um, and you know, I'm I'm starting to see less for sale by owners, but I don't know how. How do you feel about these for sale by owners? Because it's it's a lot harder to sell a house today. You can't be, listen. A year, two years ago, you could put a sign in the front yard and get get your house sold. It right. wasn't it wasn't rocket science. Now it's a buyer's market. They they and what's a lot of times even buyers don't use real estate agents, and they're like, oh, this is a for sale by owner. They don't want me to use a real estate agent. And as a buyer, to not have representation, and it's a mess every single time because they don't know what they're doing with their purchase agreement. They don't know the verbiage. It's a legal document. Do I order title? Who do I order title from? And all of a sudden, it's on us. The loan right. officers are like, "Check it." It's not our talking about. We're not, and we're not realtors, right? right? We're not supposed to be doing that, right? So um, I can't write the purchase agreement for you. So what are you seeing on the for sale by owner side? Are you seeing a lot of people kind of saying, "Okay, I I tried and I can't do it." You know, definitely. And I think it's going to continue, um, you know, with the shift. I think, you know, for sale by owners are going to struggle. And I think that that's a, just a ripe market for agents. You know, our value is there even more now. You know, um, you know, like you said, when it was a seller's market, you put up a sign and anyone could do it. Mm-hmm. But I mean, now I think agents that can show their value, I think the for sale by, for sale by owner market is a huge untapped market or, you know, not as tapped as it used to be. And I think the, the savvy agents will go after that a little more. And again, those, those part time or the newer agents, the discount that don't offer much service, they're going to fall by the wayside. And, you know, the, the stronger agents are going to be the ones that the for sale by owners turn to. We always talk about this. I, I like tougher markets because mm-hmm. it, it gets rid of a lot of this like, 
foo foo like competition like weird like i do this i do that it's like it's going to shed all that because they're not going to survive yeah survival of the fittest right? you know <laughs> exactly like i almost wanted to get tough i don't so like that, that phrase because i'm not no. very fit <laughs> <laughs> no you're not <laughs> you are not fit yeah. at all so yeah the for sale by owner thing is is interesting it's a nightmare if you're a buyer don't do it have representation because it's free for you. The seller pays it for it. I've even had situations. These these sellers sometimes they, they they're like, I won't pay for your agent either. Right. And then they're like, What are you talking about? They're like, No, we're not going to use an agent. It's like think of how short you cut your pool. Yep. Right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And it's like, Well, yeah. You know. And then it's always and it happens a lot, right? It does. Like I get a call. They're like, Hey, um, like, Hey, Stacy referred me over to you, but I'm not going to use Stacy. Yeah, I don't because... want to tell Stacy either. <laughs> right. I'm like. Please tell Stacy. Yeah, I don't want to call Stacy and tell her that yeah. you're not using her. With the- but you know, I mean, sometimes, unfortunately, it's the right house, and whether the transaction goes nightmares. smoothly or they're it's a nightmare, nightmare. It's, it nightmares. is what it is. Sometimes. It is. I mean, you cost yourself that commission. You tried to save with you know negotiating the inspection. You know, just any of that. Yeah, you know, I yeah. mean, it, a lot of times they just take forever too. I think I'm people like, just need to be okay. I got one right now. It's between family too. I'm like, dude, did you fill out the purchase agreement? Like this deal is dead in like a month if you don't do it. Like, I'm over it. I think people just need to be okay to the idea that things cost money, right? It costs money. And and try to like cut corners. If you want to actually do something correctly, usually like if I want to build a really nice house, it's going to cost money. If you want to have a really good company, it's going to cost money. If you want to have a really nice car, it's going to cost money, right? Just be okay with it and just live in abundance and just make more. Like, yeah. you know I agree, I mean? and I, but I think that's where some of like the discount brokerages—they know. I'm just saying they hurt us, though. You know, I mean, when they're offering, they, well, they claim to offer the same service for a fraction of the cost. Like it's, you know, I, well, I mean, I right. guess I was going like to say you don't, you don't see doctors do it, but I mean, you actually do. You, you know, two ninety nine LASIK eye surgery. I'm not you getting know? discount <laughs> LASIK, bro. Like I'm not no. getting. Like imagine LASIK. trying to whiten your teeth with a mouth guard and bleach, like actual bleach. Yeah. I don't know what that Versus means. Versus like Ouch. going to the dentist and paying 400 bucks. Right. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. Like discount LASIK scares the shit out. It's like we have a sale on eye surgery. Right. Speaking <laughs> of, man, LASIK, uh, I'm out on that. I yeah. had a terrible experience you with did? it. I did. I, was, I um, yeah. And Which, I did not go the discount route. I, I'm not going to say who, but it was like the, the big guy, the well-known yeah. You know the, the the Jeff Glover of of eye surgery. Yeah, I don't know who you're talking about. And um, he he overcorrected my one eye, and so once the vision stabilized, he's like, I can fix it. And so he's like, Oh, it's just a little correction. Well, what he doesn't say is the correction is a totally different surgery. Like you can only make that LASIK flap once. Mm-hmm. So it's, otherwise, it's it's an actual cut in your eye. And they didn't numb my eye enough. They had to hold me down and put more numbing drops in. So they do this cut. What the fuck are you talking about? Right now? Is this, this real terrible? Life? This is for real? Yeah. And the so last name rhyme was salami. No. 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 Badu. I, I think for Erica Badu. No. Okay. No. That's a um, singer, bro. It's <laughs> it's rhyming. I was doing a rhyme. Oh, well, kind of. Yeah, I think where you're going. Yes. Yes. Baldu. Um, yep. <laughs> so anyway, so then like he he went too far the other way. So what he's finally realized is that my eye overreacts to the adjustment of the laser. So he's like. I can fix this. So third third surgery in a year and a half. You don't want to hear that about do. your fucking no, eye. No, I think I can fix it. So that second surgery was so painful. They put like a glass contact in your eye. It's called like a bandage. And it it took weeks before I could even look at like my phone or an iPad to be able to research and see if this is normal. Like regular LASIK, like you feel great right afterwards. 
this hurt, like I'm not lying, worse than childbirth. I mean, and I, I'm tough. And the pain was something I've never had. And now I have like no depth perception at all in one eye, which is, is fun in real estate, like going up and down basement stairs, yeah. that, you know, that can kind of rickety and it's dark. Um, bro, like, yeah, yeah, like it's, your it's, eyes it's I was really thinking about sure. LASIK and now I'm, I'm out on it. Bro. No, I mean, yeah. mine is really I'm like the small percent. When, when I heard that Still, one, one yeah. hey. the, well, is it I heard worth it? I heard there's a high I have contacts I just put in my eye. Yeah. I, I heard and there's a high great. percentage of after LASIK, three to four years, it, it goes back and yeah. you need it again. Yeah. So my wife, my buddy, my that's what turns me off. Yeah, right. my wife needs it again. Here's the thing. Once I heard we had a local newscaster commit suicide right. because of her LASIK surgery, I'm out. Yeah. I'm yeah. Not, uh, yeah I'll I'm wear not. contacts. Yeah. Well, I can't even you wear know? a contact in the eye right. because of like the, the way like the scar tissue has built up. Get a monocle. Yeah. Man, that'd be well, cool. and it's funny. Like, so it's so like you know. So what it did is that particular eye, like it also ruined my up close vision. So only one eye can see up close. So I, I use like a nice big desktop, but I also you know I have a laptop for when I'm on the go. So I'm at Quest, at, you know, ironically, and everyone has their cute little little you know MacBooks, and I get out this thing, and Ali looks at me, and he's like. You're literally carrying your desktop around. Like, it's this huge laptop. Giant. And they gave me so laptop. much grief. I actually bought a new laptop because I was tired of getting ridiculed. <laughs> I mean, it was huge. But it's like, it's, I can't see. Yeah. I literally can't see. That's crazy. Well, I'm not, we're not, nobody's doing LASIK. I don't want any of us going through that. I'm, I'm, I'm out on that. Man. I'm All right. So we're near, near of it. We're nearing the end of the show. We're going to do our three questions. Last time, I think we asked you the three questions, if you remember that. I don't. Uh, yeah. I should looked back and what we asked her, so we don't ask her the same Well, I'm, I'm going to go off. Oh, one was about an animal i do remember you asked me what animal i could be yeah Yeah. um so first would be uh where do you see yourself in five years oh gosh um you know i I don't a lot of the big pushes like oh start a team start a team Mm -hmm. and i I don't have any interest in that you know i'd like to be i'd like to double where i'm at but uh, maybe pick and choose my clients a little bit more um and I'd like to be flipping about three or four houses a year. Also, okay. yeah, I do. Yeah, yeah. It's my favorite thing to watch HGTV. You know, <laughs> I don't watch myself on there, but yeah, it's my favorite thing to watch That's those awesome. shows. Yeah. Okay, if you could eat one meal for the rest of your life, what would it be and why? Oh man, oh, that's hard. The same you know, thing every day. God, Taco Bell. You do, you do Taco Bell? No, only I do pizza. I do Taco Bell. I do pizza. Oh. I can do Taco Bell every day. Well, that'd be easy. What from Taco Bell? But anyways, yeah, you know, I God, I'm picky. Um, well, you got one thing. Yeah, I, I get like, shrimp probably. Shrimp, like, shrimp. Yeah, I love really? shrimp. <laughs> yeah, shrimp. <laughs> There's a lot of things yeah. you can do with shrimp. Jumbo shrimp. Shrimp cocktail. <laughs> <right>? <laughs> <laughs> Jumbo shrimp. All right, bubble gum. All right, uh, that's good. Cocktail shrimp. Um, and Spice this one, I don't think, I know we didn't ask you this one. I, I like this one. If you could spend one week in somebody else's body, who would it be and why? Oh, wow. Um, so people probably give like this really lofty answer, like this famous politician it's all over, or, you it's know, all over, it's all over the place. Nobel, Nobel Prize winner, but, um, Ryan Serhant from Million Dollar Listing. Yeah. Yeah. I like him. Or Frederick. I like Frederick. Frederick, Frederick is so out Woo! there. Yeah. Exactly. He's, <laughs> yeah. he's just so funny. He's extra, you know, he's just fun. Yeah. Um, but yeah. Josh Altman re, re, uh, reposted our, uh, our show last week. Oh, no way. Yeah. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah. Ryan Serhant liked one of my Instagram posts and – well, actually, his company, Nest Seekers, did. Yeah. And, like, I scoured all the time now for it. I mean, it's never going to happen again. You yeah. know, it was, like, some minimum wage person just going through, you know, doing that. But, like, I, I made Josh my day. after he did it. I'm like, hey, man, uh, want to be on our show? No response. <laughs> 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 but it was cool. He, he reposted uh, – we had uh, – um, 
Vic on the show last week. And okay. He, he oh, I listened to that. Yeah, yes. He reposted it, which was That's cool. Awesome. So, so Ryan Searhunt. Yeah, okay. I wanted his question. You asked about like what one thing would you take on an island? Okay. Let's yeah. do it. Yeah. Okay. We'll, we'll, do four we'll, questions this week. Why not? Yeah, yeah, why not? Yeah. Let's yeah. go. It's your, it's your show. Um, a boat. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> I was so prepared with that one. Yeah. Damn. <laughs> but you wouldn't have gas. You should get row, bro. Yeah. Just get out there. A fully fueled boat with yeah. extended range. Right. Yeah. You could have a you could have a sailboat. <laughs> Wind power, bro. Uh, you know that, how scary genius. it would be though <laughs> if you're let's say you're on like Fiji. Open like, water you know scares the shit out of me. Bro. Far land is. Right. Yeah, yeah. I would love it. It's it's I don't know, bro. I would love it. I'd Give me a scared. sailboat and I'll be I'll be I mean see you in a couple of years. I'm gone. I'll no. just live on the water, uh-huh. bro. I'm I would love it. You'd be like on like uh like you know when you open up your iPhone like an empty browser and there's like these articles and be like <laughs> man found with his nails like curled out and ruined <laughs> his own body. Talking talk, talk yeah. to your volleyball. What was that show with uh, Tom Hanks? Yeah. Um, oh. Castaway. Wilson. Castaway, yeah. yeah. Yes. Wilson. Oh, yeah. So I, yeah, I'm, I'm out on open water. So yeah. um, thank you so much for coming back on the show. Thank Daisy. you for having me. Tell the audience how they can find you. Uh, my cell number is 810-560-9857. Um, email is Stacy S T A C E Y at QuestSoul dot com. Awesome. And what's the name? Uh, the title of the episode? Uh, oh yeah. If, if so it's it um, season ten, episode nine. I think it's called something about Southeast Michigan. It's yeah. the only one in Michigan that's been filmed. Yeah. And so, the show is called Lake Lakefront Bargain Hunt. Lakefront Bargain. Yeah. yeah. We're Check like her the, out. We're like the the bargain little cheap stepsister yep. of beachfront bargain hunt. Yeah. <laughs> well, Stacy, thank so, you for so much for doing the show. Thank Obviously, you. you're always welcome here. You 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 were one of our top listen shows before. So wow. Yeah, I mean, we've had some big names. So it was good. That's awesome. Uh, you're popular. Oh. You're popular. <laughs> uh, so thank you everyone for listening. Obviously, go to irepodcast.com. Please like, share. Um, if you have any comments, leave them because we we do listen. We do watch and read them and. And do? Re- yeah, yeah, I do. Uh, so give us a review too, please. Like those reviews really help us a lot. So if a you lot, like the lot. show, review us. And Five if you're stars. if you're still listening, we appreciate it. Other than that, we are out. Jessica, have a good day. You too. All right, peace out, guys. You've been listening to Inside Real Estate, the nation's top real estate podcast. Don't forget to follow us at irepodcast.com and everywhere where podcasts are available. 